0: Happy MLB opening day, 2020, everybody. Graham here with a few notes before we get today's show started. First off, MLB announced after we recorded the episode that there's going to be a new playoff format, eight teams in each league to comprise a 16-team playoff field. We did not know about this, so you're not going to hear anything about that. And a couple of things you will hear us talking about, like, oh, you know, will the Braves be able to get a wild card or who's going to be the wild card? Uh, So forget about that shit because MLB decided to Of course, not consult us before our episode, which is ridiculous. So that's going to be inaccurate. We also are recording outside again due to wanting to be in the same place, but also not wanting to get too close during these COVID times. So you're going to hear a little bit of traffic in this new location we picked out. We'll try to find a better place to do it next time, but there's going to be a little traffic uh, periodically throughout the episode. And to wrap up these sort of pre-show notes, uh, we have some actual good news that happened. Uh Amber Goes Violining on Twitter who is huge in the Braves community for her excellent Braves parody songs utilizing her violin, guitar and excellent singing voice was gracious enough to allow us to use her newest creation at the end of our episode to close out the show. So we're really excited to be able to share that with you all on our show and if you want to check out any of the other the dozens of fantastic parody songs that she has created since last year, look her up on Twitter. She's at Amber Goes Violin And her work is fantastic. And we want to say again to her, to Amber, thank you so much for letting us use the song for the episode. We hope you guys enjoy the show today. Go Braves. What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalau, and we are Atlanta Zone, Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, I'm doing pretty
1: damn well. You know? Sure. (laughs) Strong start to the show. I'm doing pretty damn uh, well. Well, I I was going to go multiple directions with it, but, uh, you know, we're doing an early afternoon podcast for us it's 4 p.m. right on uh what's today Wednesday Wednesday uh July 23rd 22nd 22nd excuse me and the nice thing about our podcast contracts that we have you're obligated to have a drinky poo while you uh, do a podcast right so a little little early afternoon uh beer I'm enjoying right here from um new rail brewing company you got to support local during these times Graham sure um, so support this local brewery and I watched two Atlanta sports last night Graham so at the same time the flip back and
0: forth. oh wow
1: yeah yeah.
0: So how'd that feel going from like no sports to multiple sports on at once that you actually have an interest in
1: it was awesome like i, I kind of we've kind of fallen into this just like Netflix routine at night and uh, I find if you put sports on it's just a lot more uh, you do a lot more talking in the household
0: because you don't have to pay attention as exactly. much, right? Yeah, so yeah.
1: it was kind of a nice change of pace. Yeah, I don't know if Veronica was stoked about it. I believe her quote was that she's not ready for sports, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm happy about it, Graham.
0: I mean, I'm surprised you weren't quieter though, hanging on the sultry tones of, of Chip Carey making joke after joke about the fake crowd noise and having such witty insight about how things are just going to be a little strange this year, over and over again. How could you not want to hear that? How could you be talking over the great Chip Carey? You know... The man comes from royalty. He's probably not in mid-season form, either. I don't think anyone is at this point.
1: Yeah, you got to cut him some slack. and uh, I can't. <laughs> I did, when I was listening to the radio yesterday, when I called you saying flip it on, mm-hmm. I thought you would have immediately freaked out about how they were on the radio, Joe Simpson and I guess Jim Powell with Joe Simpson mm-hmm. nowadays. They're just commenting on how they were so concerned because the Braves didn't have enough lefties in their lineups, as if that's the end-all, oh, be-all. Jesus. All. <laughs> so they were happy about the Matt Adams signing.
0: Well, that, that's just going to solve all our <laughs> fucking problems.
1: So, so, so maybe the announcers aren't in season four, but it's just, you know, the classic uh, sticking to the same storylines they've been talking about for the last 15 years.
0: Right. I mean, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have a lefty in your lineup. Um, on-base percentage doesn't matter. And if you have a high batting average, but a ridiculously high batting average of balls in play, you're the best third baseman uh, in the history of, of the Atlanta Braves, like Chris Johnson was. Chris you? Johnson, yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Let's
0: ignore uh, actual data and just go with our guts at all times. I'm a gut
1: man myself. I, so. I know you are. But
0: you, but you can also acknowledge when you can let data come into your life a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I would think. You me like, Batting average, home runs, RBIs. Um, well, data. Maybe a little beyond that. Like, remember how we were talking about in last, uh, well, I guess, not last week's, but Monday's show, or whenever that was, uh, about Nick Marcakis and you how you wouldn't miss his 0.5 war per year?
1: Oh, yeah, I do like war. Yeah. War's
0: a good stat. Uh, so, there you go. You let it in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I opened up the door. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Cracked it open just a hair just to let something come through. Not everything, but something.
1: Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it's a big week. Opening day, technically tomorrow.
0: Yes, Dodgers play um, somebody.
1: Or probably last week. By the time this podcast is out.
0: No, we'll be getting this out on Friday. Okay. That's that's the goal. Nice. Unless something comes up. Yeah. I'm very busy these days, Adam. Right. <laughs> a lot of disc golf to be played. Yeah, a lot of disc golf to be played.
1: Um uh, but yeah, Graham. Where you at, both?
0: I'm uh doing good. I watched a decent amount of the game last night. Didn't watch the whole thing. Um, it was weird. I actually listened to Chip Carey and Tom Glavin, which as most folks know, I, I mute almost every time they're, they're on, uh, just because I can't stand chip. but it was just it was odd with no fans in the stands. Now I feel like I'm sounding like Chip Carey, but I think the the day it was good to see you know baseball happen. But it was, it was an odd experience, without any fans and this piped-in noise. Um, but other than that, it wasn't really. That, I mean, like, I got used to it after about ten minutes. I didn't feel the need to keep bringing it up over and over again to uh, Alexa or anybody or our pets in the house. I'm like, oh man, can you believe there's no people on the goddamn stage? How weird is this? So you know, you get adjusted to that. And just, I, I got to the point where I was just like, oh, I'm just watching the game.
1: I know it felt. I thought watching it on TV felt. Fairly normal. Yeah, I'm sure it's a lot stranger for the players, but I've heard them say that you know they're getting used to it at this point. It is what it is. It was kind of depressing. Well, not depressing, but I, I almost felt bad for Matt Adams. His to walk-off home run. Is just walking around. No, that
0: was funny. It was just. It was very surreal. Yeah, he sort of got a couple of a couple of uh, fist punches and a couple of uh, high fives. Don and, and Snicker before the game touched elbows instead of shaking hands. Yeah. Or all, everybody's wearing a mask.
1: So they're all – they're trying. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more high fives as the season
0: progresses. Well, I'm just wondering about Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, not being able to give anybody a hug. Uh, it's going to just, you know. He'll – yeah. But I think after his COVID scare, he'll he's perfectly willing not to do that. Um because it came out, I think this happened after we recorded the show last time, but, you know, he was talking about how his fever got to 104 at one point. And he was afraid to go to sleep. He thought he was going to die. He was freaking out. You know, maybe he was overreacting a little bit, but, I mean, in that moment, he got a fever that high, some scary shit. So we're really glad that he, you know, made his recovery just personally for him, even over baseball. I mean, sounds like he 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 was one of the – one of the young folks who had this thing pretty bad and it was kicking his ass uh, to a point where it was getting dangerous, but he's back. I can't believe he's back on time to start the season.
1: Yeah, after our last episode, you thought he was going to be out for, like,
0: months. Well, not even months. I just thought he was going to miss at least five or ten games. I mean, you think about um, Will Smith, for example, who was signed in the offseason to hopefully be the closer or at least set up man in the, in the back in the bullpen. One of the better relievers in baseball from the Giants. Uh, he was one of the other four that tested positive, and he hasn't. He's he's asymptomatic at this point, but he hasn't tested negative yet. You have to go through two, through two negative tests. So Freddie, since he got sick and had that huge fever, has uh, has tested negative twice, and now he's he's back. But Will Smith hasn't. Um, so you just don't know. You just don't know how people's bodies are going to react to that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully he. Get, I mean, I'm assuming he's staying in shape since he's. He looked great. Feeling fine. He looked great last night, I man. Oh, was, I was talking about Will Smith. Oh, Will Smith. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I hope. Yeah. I hope he's throwing. And I'm sure he's he's taking care of himself, you know. Um, I mean, he, he's one of the better relievers in baseball for a reason. So I would think that if he's, you know, physically able to, to, to do things and, and, and toss and whatnot, he's going to be doing that, even if he can't do it with anybody else. Yeah, no, Freddie's on,
1: like I said last week, he's one of those guys who can roll out of bed, hit line drives, gappers.
0: Yeah, opposite, opposite Fred, field.
1: Freddie will be ready to go.
0: Yeah, I'm a now that he's back, it was really nice when just seeing him, I think the Braves posted on uh, silly social media, just Freddie walking out of the clubhouse into the dugout and onto the field, and he just goes, Oh, this is nice. And then the video just ends. He said, this is wonderful. Oh, this is wonderful, which, which sorry. Is
1: even more Freddie. Yeah, fluid. yeah. Yeah, he, he said that he kind of realized, I guess baseball had become more like a job. He had realized, and just like being away from it for this long, he realized how much he loves just playing the game.
0: Yeah, and I think also just being, you know, feeling like, well, Jesus, I don't know. If, uh, who knows what, if i wake up tomorrow, then just being like, oh, man, I can I can fucking play again. I mean, that's got to be a huge thing where you're, you're not taking anything for granted at this point. Not that he was, but even more so now, coming back from that. So. Do you
1: think your boy uh, Nick Markakis, do you think he has any rest with his decision now? Because I feel like when he opted out, seemed a little early in the, like, process for bringing baseball back. Like, I know part of his reasoning was not playing around fans. Yeah. I wonder if he thinks he jumped the gun there at all now, seeing how it's all going down.
0: I mean, he, he's the only person that can say, but I think that um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think knowing, not that I know Marquegas, but you know, being a pretty resolute guy in his opinions, uh, I think he's probably just sticking with it and probably doesn't have a regret. Well, it's uh, going to be tough point. for him to like, watch his team that he could oh, yeah. be a part of this year. Oh, yeah, I think that's going to suck. But I think the, the health issues outweigh him playing. And also, I don't know how how much I'm putting into the fans not being there as, as a reason not to play. Um, I think it's more of the health things. That's just my opinion on, on with him. But what the hell do I know? I'm sure there, there has to be some tender regret there. Yeah. Especially after seeing the game last night, also seeing Freddie out there. Because that was one of the big things he said, is like hearing Freddie sound fu- so fucked up made him not want to um, play it. Scared him. It scared him, and, that, and that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. There's probably a twinge of regret there, but I think at the end of the day he's probably okay with the decision.
1: So where we stood last week on the podcast, I guess we kind of need to fill people in on what's actually happened. Where last week we were squawking about
0: Yasiel yeah, so oh. Puig. Well, I obviously haven't heard the, the episode that was released. I put a disclaimer at the beginning saying oh. we flacked up on Puig. Freddie Freeman is back. Oh. There's some things that uh, you're going to hear that might not be uh, totally accurate because of that. Got it. But So I so the people are informed. So the people are informed. Okay. We had a little Yasiel Puig talk, but we didn't, I, I cut out a good amount of
1: that.
0: Of the stuff would be like, well, is it going to be a bad clubhouse
1: process? <laughs> All that. Bullshit. Oh, so we just wasted our time. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, so we're good. We can continue.
1: Okay. Where were we? Uh, so instead of Yasiel Puig replacing yeah. Nick Markakis, Big City's background.
0: That is Matt Adams for the, the uninitiated. Which
1: is pretty exciting. If, if, for those of you who don't remember, Graham shrugged and scoffed a little bit. Uh, Matt Adams, we traded for him in 2017 after Freddie Freeman broke his wrist after about 30 games in that season. And he came in and hit something like 14 homers in his
0: first 30 games. This was in in 2017, let's keep that in mind. Yeah. It's been a while since then.
1: Right, but uh, they loved him in the clubhouse. Obviously, that was enough. That's when Freddie moved to third base to keep his bat in the lineup. And he's been a bear to play against the last few years, that alone. Like, when he was with the Nationals. I mean, it's not like, I mean, he did hit 20
0: home runs last year. Yeah, the guy's a DH. That's the problem. He's never really had... He's he's not like a comp- He's a very one-dimensional player. He's he's very much, uh, you know, if you're a right-handed pitcher, he's got a good chance of taking a yard. He averages, I think, every 14.3 at-bats against a right-hander. He's hitting a home run. So he's got immense power. Which is awesome. Um, you know, that's also And limited... Uh, appearances, he's only had 310 at bats last year. I'm not gonna. Well, you know, here's the thing: the season is so unprecedented that it's hard to. I don't know. It's hard to have normal analysis about it because, think about it. Also, rosters are going to be 30 people to start the season. Yeah. So, you have the universal DH. You got a whole bunch of other. You know, you only got 60 games. So it's like, I feel like having the normal analysis of a player uh, like Matt Adams, who you know can get hot for short periods of time It's kind of silly to say, oh, well,
1: I don't know how he's going to perform throughout the whole season for
0: Christ's sake because you look at the stats and it doesn't really line up, that he's going to be a great contributor. But who knows? Uh, Matt Adams could hit uh, 19 home runs this year in 60 games sure and, and could be a huge part of the middle of the lineup. He could also be awful. Um, you know, we just don't know what we're going to get but I think his his track record is at least established enough to the point where he's going to slaughter, you know, he's going to put he's going to hit some home runs against right-handed pitching, and it, it'll if it, nothing else will be a nice depth piece uh, for the Braves this year. I think.
1: I feel like you're underestimating what his role is going to be. Like, I think he's going to be. Well, he's slotting into the DH a majority of the games because as is going. I mean, Snicker said last night. We signed Osuna to play left. Yeah. So.
0: And he actually had a couple of nice plays in left field yeah. last night. And I, that's why I said last week, everybody is so fixated on that one play when he was with the Cardinals where he jumped, where he leapt onto the fence to catch a ball, and it bounced like 20 feet in front of him. He misplayed one ball. Everybody freaks out. He's not a defensive wizard, but he's also not horrendous in the outfield.
1: I, I, I think you're right there. Yeah. So, but Sticker saying that, and then also just insinuating how happy he was to see – Matt Adams walked back into the clubhouse. He's going to be a DH, but
0: you think he's going to be well, I would say against right-handed pitching. He'll he'll be your DH. I don't think he doesn't really he doesn't hit left-handers well at all. So, I don't think he's your full-time DH. But the good news is is that about 90% of the pitchers we're going to face this year from a starting pitching perspective at least are right-handed. So, that plays into his his favor. The
1: uh I'm not sure if they're facing the exhibition game that's going on today. I'm not sure if they're facing a lefty or a righty today with the Marlins, but the lineup that they slotted out today I think is what could be, is going to be a very common lineup where we've got on left, and one of my favorite lineups. on left, Acuna in center, um, my boy Duvall in right, and then Matt Adams DHing.
0: So what makes you think that if Ender Ciarte is healthy that Brian Snicker will give up his, his man crush on him and, and bench him? I just think Ender's bat is just so... But Snicker never realizes that. I think he does. Like, he had relegated him... He's hitting six for Christ's sake. He's relegated him to be
1: the fourth outfielder, like, the past two years. But we just needed him as parts because of
0: injuries. But there were times, like, last year he was, like, opening day. If you look back at the lineup, he was still hitting leadoff.
1: that was different.
0: I mean, I know uh, uh, Snicker has said, I'm a dumbass. I'm paraphrasing here, but he did literally say that he was... uh, I think he did say he was a dumbass. But uh, basically that he was wrong for ever trying to move Acuna to four. So Acuna's going to be your leadoff guy no matter what. Ozzy's going to be your second guy, I think, no matter what. I just don't like Ender's bat anymore uh, at this point in his career. He doesn't walk. He's not very fast. The only thing he's good for is defense, to me. I he's, agree. A, he's terrible against left-handed pitching, um, and he makes weak contact. So, I mean, but Snitker loves his ass, and I, at this point, I would rather have Duval. I would rather have Ozuna, Acuna, Duval as your outfield, over putting Ender, you know, giving Ender a bunch of starts. I just think you don't have a lot of time to fuck around here.
1: No, you need as much pop in the lineup as you can
0: get. Yeah, and that doesn't kill you defensively. And the, the weakest link you have is Ozuna and, and left, but we know that Ozuna has, has saved uh, over seven runs from last year, so.
1: And you'll be able to shape his way with the yeah. ball and Wright being yeah. able to cover a lot more ground.
0: Right. I'm not saying Ender never plays. I'm just saying he should not be your primary starter, and should only be used as a defensive guy as much as possible.
1: I guess the main point is we'll have to see what Snit does. Obviously, we could sit here and talk lineups all day.
0: Right. I'm sure he's gone through it a bunch, and also i sorry, he has a bunch of contingency plans in case any COVID bullshit comes up. I mean, I think that's another reason why you sign Matt Adams, is because the guy might have to get out there and play. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, from the looks
1: of it, it looks like Matt Adams and your boy Yonder Alonzo, right. who's basically the same player but right. not as good, yeah, are going to make the lineup. And it's just because you need to have as much flexibility as you can. And really I
0: think when you have extra roster spots like like, like you do this year, Um, that isn't a a bad thing at all. Who doesn't want an extra power bat off the bench? You you get Alonzo and Adams, fine. So be it. Um, Also, depth of first base in case, I don't know if something comes up with Freddie again. If he gets sick, not even just COVID, but just like after effects. Who the fuck knows? I mean, you've got to have as many backup plans as possible during this bizarre, bizarre season. So... I do like that Amphopoulos, even though the Puig sign fell through, has been aggressive in trying to add more to the roster, uh, particularly after Marquecas uh, opted out, after Felix Hernandez opts out. I don't like that we signed Jajoulas Chassin because he's incredibly inconsistent and had over a a, a 6-plus ERA last year and couldn't stay healthy. In, like, 24 starts, he had a 6 ERA. And an awful 1.56 whip. Very good the three
1: previous years, though.
0: He's okay. He's been up and down pretty much since the Braves let him go. He's had good stints where he's got his ERA in the mid threes, and he has stints where it's in the high fours. Last year was his worst, the worst year of his career, um, certainly. And I mean, when he was he started on the Rockies. I mean, he, I mean, there's a couple years he was worth five WAR. I mean, he was a good pitcher. I just don't know where he's at at this point. Well,
1: let's hope... I mean, here's where we're at. We, we, we're down in the starting pitching. If you don't mind me getting in the starting pitching. Please. We're kind of bebopping around. I
0: think it's fine. It's an unorthodox season, unorthodox preview. Okay, yeah? perfect.
1: So, we're already down two starting pitchers. Right. From where we were in spring training. And Felix Hernandez and Cole Hamels. I don't know where Cole Hamels is. Let's not even discuss him until...
0: I'm going to act this, like he's not pitching this year until yeah, he does.
1: Until there's some real news on him. Um... So we're down two already.
0: So let's talk about the... Yeah. Go over the rotation. Or, sorry. You're trying to make a point.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go for the top. Obviously, right. we're feeling solid one and two. So Roca free. Right. Feel pretty good there. Now, Sean Newcomb goes from being a guy... Is he in the bullpen? Is he your starter? He's your number three starter now. Right. And then number four... And I want to stick to number four for a second. Talk about... Fulton. Okay. I've got a hot take on Fulton.
0: I know you we were texting last night, and you were very uh, – you're sounding like me. I think – Very would, absolutist attitude.
1: I don't think Fulton is on this roster after this season. Wow.
0: So, what, do you think he's just a dfa
1: would Trade him for any sack potatoes he can get. This guy is the opposite of Mike Soroka. All the talent of the world, worst head game I've ever seen in my life. Like, I, the exhibition game last night, I realized it's just an exhibition game, but he got shell, gave up back-to-back-to-back to back homers against the Marlins. His fastball was topping out between 88 and 91. And stay silent. I'm not I, saying anything. I was anything. expecting you to interject. I'm not you're saying actually. anything. You're,
0: you're, on a, you're on a roll. I'm not so, saying anything.
1: Fastball between 88 and 91 miles an hour, to the point where Snicker's going out there to check on him, make sure he's not hurt. He says he's fine. So he does his classic, like, four-plus innings, gave up, I think, six earned runs. And then the worst part was his post-game interview. This guy pulls out every excuse in the book. He blamed the radar gun. He says his fastball's fine. I know what's coming on the board isn't accurate. It feels fine. Where you've got an opposing pitcher, Jose Urania, throwing 96 on the same radar gun. So he brings that up. He's blaming the conditions, the wet conditions. Keep in mind, Urania's pitching in the same conditions. Pitched three scoreless innings. Said there's no rosin bag. Like, this guy sounds like a 13-year-old child. And then once I, like I told Graham I saw him, there was a comeback or him that bounced off of his glove and uh, ended up being like an infield hit. And his body language, that same faulty body language. That we're all used to seeing like the guy has zero mental toughness and one inning looks like the best pitcher in the league the next inning looks like paul
0: moho so as it might even be uh discrediting paul moho
1: yeah paul moho was a solid like yeah i don't even know some some big prospect uh lucas simps there you go. I, I wanted to compare him actually. Like with the 98 to 90, 88 to 91, it's like, is this Matt Whistler we're looking at again? Is this oh, 2016? Matt Whistler. No, man. We're watching Matt Whistler out yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy is the Pity Martinez of baseball right now. Like all the talent of the world just can't get his head on straight. And at this point, I mean, he debuted in like, I think 2014. Like he's been an all star. And this could be the biggest overreaction in the world. But he also threw the worst inning for us in the history of our franchise, and I just don't think he'd come back from that. Um, so, needless to say, Foltz is a massive question mark for me, and that's why you got to bring in a guy like Chassey that might need to throw innings for us.
0: Okay, because so at,
1: at five we got Kyle Wright, which is also a question mark. Right, But we'll see.
0: So I agree with some of your points. I think um, his his reaction. I agree was was particularly uh, petulant last night when he was interviewed about his postgame performance everything you said i i I agree with there like it, it would be you know he did say he was just working on things which i get but it would be nice not to blame all these things and also the rosin bag thing the reason that there's no rosin bag out there is because pitchers are allowed to bring their own rosin bag due to covid uh, issues. Oh, yeah? So if you want to bring a rosin bag out there, you can. So if you're making an excuse about that, you can go fuck yourself so what do you for, mean, for one not being out there because you didn't bring one.
1: What, do you got to go to Sports Authority and buy a rosin
0: bag? I guess. <laughs> or I'm sure, you know, you could say, hey. Amazon uh, now? No, I'm sure they could they could uh, go to the, anyone within the team and say, hey, I'd like to order my own rosin bag. Can we, can we do that? And they would do that for him. Sure. You know, so him not doing that and blaming, uh, you know, Basically saying that you know it's bullshit. I don't have a rising bag is, is horse shit on his end because he can go get his own and have it out there.
1: Yep.
0: So I think everything about what you said with the post game, I I am totally on board with. Fultz's performance, as we know, has been wildly inconsistent through his career. He can look excellent. He can look like shit. Second half of last year, even though he did have that awful game in Game Five against the Cardinals, I mean, but. Game two, he was lights out. He pitched his ass off. And also, the, and that second half of that year, after he had his mental breakdown and got sent down to the minor leagues, he was probably our best pitcher down the stretch. So I think there's still enough there that we don't give up on Fulty or we say he's a loser head kick, which I don't know. I just don't want to give up on him because I know what he can do, and he did it as recently as last postseason. Although we saw the Jacqueline Hyde, a little bit last postseason but if you look at the, the sample size of the second half of last year which was you know two three months he was excellent he was outstanding so I don't think it's a, we're in a position right now based off of that one game to say fuck faulty I have no faith in him I think it's okay to question him I think it's okay to wonder what is he gonna do for me this year because I don't think it's it's set in stone what the hell he's gonna do he's he is vitriolic he's very unpredictable but I also know what he can do, especially over a shortened period of time, like a 60-game season, and he could wind up being an excellent pitcher for us. He could also shit the bed. We just don't know. But I don't think now, after last night, even though it was rough, is the time to, you know, jump out of a window when it comes to Fulton damage.
1: No, I mean, I, I can deal with uh, – like, like I said, if he had just said, yeah, I'm working on some stuff. Blasi, Blasi, blah, blah. But the, the excuses—that's yeah, that,
0: bad. I agree with you. That's very, very I, I, troublesome. I have no, for, no, I have no defense for that. Like, as he reacts like that during an exhibition game, how is he going to react when you know during regular season game? I
1: mean, he's 28, 29 years old. Yeah, like that. he should be in his prime. Right. Um, and then you got like a twenty-two-year-old kid in Soroka that's just the complete opposite of that. Like, yeah, he
0: is so locked in. You never know. If you were to take away the scoreboard on the television or in the stadium, if you're there, uh, pre-COVID bullshit, you wouldn't. And, and you were to look at Soroka, you and and you would not know if he was up ten nothing or down to nothing, because he is a hundred percent consistent in his emotional maturity. And I thought, you know, that Fulte had gotten kind of over that last year, uh, especially after he came back in the second half. You know, looked like a totally different guy, but. I mean, as a wise man once said, you can always come back, but you can't come back all the way. I think that's always going to be there with yeah. Fulte a little bit. Yep. Yep. If not a lot, you know. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. What did you think about the back-to-back-to-back home runs that happened with Fulte? I,
1: I actually didn't see them. Oh, you Okay. No.
0: So it was like – I know it was on like four pitches. Yeah. The, the third one wasn't actually a bad pitch. One thing I noticed about Fulte last night in general – and this wasn't just the home runs, but the, he's getting, he was getting the ball up a lot more than he usually does when he pitches well. I think that's why he was getting tagged a little bit. He also got unlucky with a couple of, of blue pits last night. But, yeah, I mean, this performance, even though he had a couple of moments of, like, oh, okay, that was a solid inning, regardless of if he was working on things, like, I think it's kind of scary to hear him say he's working on things, even though I know this is weird, and now we're in, like, summer training or whatever it's called. Um, I know that's that's odd, but it's like, I mean, your first start if you're faulty is on Monday. Against the time against Tampa Bay, who is scrappy as hell and will 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 put runs on the board if you you know you think the Marlins you think you know you give up six runs to the Marlins you go back to back to back home runs against the Marlins they're gonna fuck they're gonna fuck you up the Tampa Bay is if you if you pitch like that, so the time to work on stuff to me is not now. The time to pitch, uh, even though I know this is like his first. Game against uh, another team. I mean, like, I'm at I'm at a point now, at least mentally. If I'm if I'm out there, I'm be like, I gotta practice like I, I play at this point because there's not a lot of time to to work on things. No. By working, you know, you're going to work on things by performing. If you perform like that, and a game, you know, your first real game is right around the corner. That's scary. But if you perform like that, and it's your second start of spring training, who gives a shit. Because you are working on things. But now is not the time to have that attitude on things. So I think his mindset going into it wasn't good either. And I think that's why
1: uh, we keep seeing Josh Tomlin so much. Is like, you're going to have a short leash on him. If, if Fulte has, theoretically, what, 12 starts this year? Yeah. And half of them are garbage? That's like a third of the games that you can lose. Yeah, you can't afford that. And not make the playoffs. So, I mean, Josh Tomlin, like, as soon as you see Fulte going off the rails in the veteran. Or Chassene. Or Chassene, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's why I like having – I understand they are what they are, but they're also they, – they've been pitching in the major leagues for probably eight to ten years each for a reason.
0: Yeah, I, I'd take Tomlin over Ch- – I mean, Tomlin had a really sneaky, solid good year last year. I know there were times he got shellacked, but it felt like, you know, more often than not. I mean, I think back to that uh, eighth inning oh, against, no, 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 against no. St. Louis – in the game four where he just it was just one, two, three. I mean he like I believe pitched perfectly. I was screaming to
1: keep Tomlin in the game. Yes. Like I, I think we win the World Series last year. Oh Jesus. If, Tomlin pitches if, if the next inning. Who
0: game. knows? But I'm just saying like especially down the stretch, he was very consistent. So like if you gotta throw someone out there, if Wright, fault or faulty or Newcomb don't do well for, you know, more than three or four starts, Tomlin's the first guy I'm going to. If Hamels isn't healthy, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of questions for this Braves team right now. Um, and I know last week I was I was more concerned about the pitching staff, or excuse me, the offense, and I wasn't pitching staff. But I think at least with the offense, you know, your top three guys are as solid as they come, excellent players. After that, it's a bit of you know we do have a bit of, uh, of mystery there. You know, Azuna hopefully will be solid, but you know, it's really after Azuna where it starts to get murky. Is Darneau the guy from the second half of last year who hit 16 home runs, or is he the bum who was hitting like 220 in the first half of of, of, uh, 2019? Who is Dansby? You know, uh, who is Austin Riley? Who is Camargo? You know, there's a bunch of question marks there, but you at least feel good that four out of your nine guys are going to be pretty damn solid in there, if not excellent. So, but with the pitching staff, you know, the the starting rotation, you only feel good about two of your five guys. And another thing about that is, and I hate to use the the youth thing as an issue, but they're also young guys, and they're going to be expected to carry the rotation. And, and, you know, uh, and not to say that we haven't had young guys carry the rotation last year. Certainly, Soroka knows how to do that. But you don't have... Anyone to really fall back on at this point. If those guys aren't on for whatever reason, your season's fucked.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many. Like, Sean Newcomb could go either way. Fulty could go either way. Kyle Wright could go either way. But
0: even. Timothy could go either way. Yeah, even Freed and Soroka to a degree because they're so young.
1: I, I think we've seen enough of them, though, to Right. know what they're made of. I
0: especially feel that way about Soroka. Um, and I love Freed, too. But I'm just I'm just saying it's like you don't have that uh, veteran stability yeah, that's down right. at all. That's you want Cole Hamels, right? And then he could have provided that. Hopefully, he can provide that at some point, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, but you're putting you're putting a lot of pressure on the shoulders of your young staff yeah. right now, or the bullpen.
1: Like maybe they just need to ride that bullpen a lot more. So
0: yeah, potentially, no, especially I, with um, you know Will Smith not being there. You still feel pretty good about the bullpen, though, I think. With Melanson. I've read some good things about... Chris Martin. A.J. Minter, believe it or not. Minter has supposedly got his shit together. Which He's, got his, he's, he's got his cutter back. Um, he's also a left-handed pitcher, which we didn't have a ton of last year in the, in the bullpen, um, which would be nice to have a, a shutdown guy. So if he can get his shit back and flash anything of when he was... I wouldn't say dominant in 2018, but good. You know, I don't think... If he did appear in a game last year, I do not remember.
1: Oh, he did. He was garbage.
0: Yeah, I think I just blocked that out of my memory. Because yeah. he was one of the main reasons that we got, you know, we went on that huge bullpen shopping spree in the trade deadline with Green, uh,
1: Martin
0: Lanson. Lanson, and uh, Chris Martin. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome.
1: We're bringing all those guys back, plus Will Smith. Yeah, hopefully Will Smith is
0: back soon. I think if Will Smith is there, you feel pretty damn good about those four guys. Okay. Um,
1: then you got your... You do have your Tomlin, Shasin's out there. This guy pitched last night, uh, the lefty. Is it Ryson?
0: It's uh, Russin, Chris Russin.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he looked really good. Big lefty, throws 95 to 98. And he was a number one overall pick for the Rockies back in, like,
0: 2015. Well, we know how good they are at developing their uh, young pitching.
1: But he got the yips.
0: Oh, that's what I'm saying. It's just like I don't blame him entirely because yeah. they've never been known to one, they had the ballpark working against them too. They haven't really developed a ton of great, great pitchers out of there. So he's
1: kind of he's a big comeback story guy. So I, I just it's guys like him, Tucker Davidson. Uh, rookies looked really good out of the bullpen as well. So it's like I feel like even the back end of the bullpen has all these arms with really great potential. Versus in years past, where we're relying on the corpse of Erico Flaherty and Peter Boyle.
0: Or, right. Heroes yeah. of a bygone or, era. Or
1: Chad Sabatka. I don't, I don't think Chad Sabatka makes the opening day roster, but it's like the bullpen is you feel good out there. Yeah, I think Which in a awesome. season like this could be huge.
0: Yeah, I think you got to have a good bullpen this year, particularly with a staff where you, you don't know what you're going to get. I think it's a good mix of, of, of veterans. I think the guys you're going to rely on more are going to be the veterans. And I think, you know, one of those guys that you're talking about, Russ and Davidson. One of those guys could I don't know much about them, to be honest. But in a season as odd as this, who the hell knows? Maybe they step up and they're fucking heroes. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Um So we we just need to hope that four out of those five
1: starters hit and then maybe you can fill in the fifth with a Tracine, a Tomlin, a Tukey. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't view this right now. I'm not overly confident about going um, to the playoffs right now. And it's not because of – it's not just the personnel. It's just the oddity of the season. I think there's going to be some fluke playoff teams going in here. And I could easily see the Mets. I think the Mets, Nationals, Phillies, or the Braves could could represent the NL
1: East. I mean, that's the tough part about the NL East is we're going to bang up on each other.
0: Like, all the time.
1: Yeah, and so it will be tough to get a wild card. Yeah. Um, You're entitled to your opinion. A lot, lot, I mean, a lot of the so-called experts do have the Braves going far.
0: Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean, I think there's a lot to like about the, I mean, you got Acuna, Freddie Freeman, Soroka, Freed, Albies, um, and then you got your bullpen, and you got to feel pretty good about that. It's just, like, there are a lot of question marks I have about about the lineup, like I said, you know, who are all these guys that are in the bottom half of the lineup after Azuna? I have no fucking idea what they're going to do. The only guys I feel confident about really are the top three, and to Azuna uh, to a lesser extent. I just don't know. I just have no freaking idea. Yeah. So because there's so many question marks, it's hard for me to get, you know, and, you know, to, to stand up and say, oh, man, um... And it's not just them, it's also just the, the hangover of the last twenty years of Braves baseball where you can't win a playoff series, you know, you've gone to the postseason. Let's count it off. You've gone to the postseason nine times since two thousand one. And you can't you can't get past the divisions division series. Or the wild card if you go to the wild card. I mean it's just like that will linger over my head until it's until that, that, that streak is broken. And I cannot, absolutely cannot have any confidence that we're gonna that we're going to get past it until we do. You have to. It's it's very much. I am Missouri right now. I have to show me state. Show me that you can do it. I will believe in you if you show me because I believe so many times and been crushed beyond what I can count uh, to the point where I, I I can't I can't hope. I am there. I am loyal, but I cannot hope anymore. I'm beyond. I'm beyond a hopeful person when it comes to the Braves' performance in the postseason.
1: I'm so happy to see you being. Depressed and apathetic about sports.
0: Again. as opposed to real life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, the best part is now we got best of both worlds. Like I can be, I can be that way about real life, and I can also be that way about the Braves again, which will make my real life better.
1: There you go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So no. I'm somewhere else to channel that negative energy.
1: Yeah, I could, uh, I could counteract you on your last statement, but I'm just going to let you have that one because it, it felt great to, great to hear, Graham. It's a classic
0: uh, Graham rant about the failures of Atlanta sports. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Inability to see all the positive things we have going for us, potentially. And focusing on the negatives. That's the Graham Wall I know. Yep.
0: Well, when you're condition and beaten down for 30 years as a sports fan, that's sort of, uh, you are what you eat, I guess. Yep. Yeah. So do you want to do a uh, prediction for wins? Yeah, let's do it, because it's so weird. Because we haven't done that, I think, since our first show where we predicted wins. Because um, it was always just like, well, what do you think we're going to wind up? Now I think... We can do. We can do all of the above. Um, we can do.
1: It's a lot easier math when there's only sixty games. Yeah. Too.
0: Right. So, please.
1: So I think Acuna and, Fre- Acuna and Freeman alone are going to
0: lead a juggernaut offense. Juggernaut. All right. And, and you're going to have one
1: of those random guys you mentioned, the Dansby and Austin Riley, step up. Darno. And I think we're going to end up with, like I said, I think 4 we're going to end up with four solid starting pitchers and the bullpen's just going to be elite. And I think we get 39 wins. Oh, wow. Win that, at least. Okay. I won't go farther than that. And I'll knock on wood. But I think 39 wins will win that, at least.
0: I have a notch under there. I think we'll be marred by some inconsistency. And uh, I think we'll be like in the 33 to 35 win range. That's sort of my ceiling. And we'll potentially be in the running for a wild card spot. Because I think with the, the good news about our division is how pretty evenly matched it is um, between Philly Nationals us. I put the Mets below those three teams, but the good news is that we'll be beaten up on each other so much, and the AL East is tough that you know you won't have a clear one runaway team. I don't think. Whereas you know something a division like the you NL know, West, you know, it's Dodgers all day. Like they're gonna kill everybody. Think about it. Rockies suck, the Giants suck, the Padres pretty Padres much okay. suck. They're they, they, you know they're probably not gonna do anything. They're not a threat. Diamondbacks would probably suck again, too. Oh, they got Bumgarner. Yeah, they got a corpse of Bumgarner. Great. Um, But you know what I'm saying? It's just like, if you compare the NL West to the NL East, or the AL West, for example, where the Astros are just going to fucking dominate, you know, you could look at potentially an an Astros team that wins 46, 47 games, whereas the NL East winner is probably going to win 10 less than that because of how evenly matched the division is. Sure. So what I'm trying to get at is that even if you don't win the division, you have a good chance for a wild card if you stay competitive because there's going to be a lot of teams that get buried fast who will not win the division. So I think that the wild card will definitely, at least one wild card will come out of the NL East because of how evenly matched up the division is. Well, I have the opposite take there and logic for beating
1: yourselves up that you're not going to have... You're going to get too many losses to have a wild card team come out of the East.
0: But because it's even, I don't think a, 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 a team's going to run away with it. I think it's every. I think those three teams will probably be within like four you, or five you games. You can have each like other. a
1: Padres team that loses to the Dodgers, but it's good enough to beat up on the other shitty teams in the AL West.
0: It's possible. I mean, every. How many wild
1: cards we have this year? Is
0: it, I think it's just two. Again. It's, the, it's the old yeah, yeah. same format. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah, it could go that way as well. But I, I feel I feel good about the possibility of. Um, that's a good point actually. With Padres, you know, who are probably better than those other three teams, unless the they could go around. Who the hell knows? It, it's almost ridiculous to try and make any predictions. But my 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 ceiling is a wild card spot, and a devastating loss in the wild card game, um, via some unpredictable bullshit like the ten nothing. Uh, thing that happened last year or just Brooks Conrad or or, or some, something in We're the of that,
1: back Brooks Conrad
0: well no, no no I'm just saying something of that ilk of like uh-huh. giving up 10 runs Brooks Conrad missing that ball through his legs Chipper Jones overshooting Dan Ugla on the double play in the wild card game in 2012 um, the list goes on I can sit here all day and talk about this yeah, shit no please don't Levon, Hern- uh, Levon Hernandez getting a, a call 25 feet outside on the outside corner in the NLCS 97 <laughs> Um, yeah so I'm you know that, that's that's where I'm at right now I think wild cards the ceiling and a brutal loss in the wild card game um, that destroys a brilliant Mike Soroka performance somehow
1: mm. well it's a bummer but
0: you could see, you could see it happen I'd expect yeah no. <laughs> expect nothing, nothing less <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing else to throw on the Braves Adam could do some over-unders or something but you know that'd probably be arbitrary and stupid yeah <laughs> I
1: don't know why, Grant, but I agree with you. Yeah. It would be a terrible segment. Yeah.
0: Especially with, like, no preparation on it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that pretty much covered everything I wanted to. First game, 4 o'clock. We're still doing our backyard tailgate. Yep. Got some uh, great hot dog buns, thanks to intern Jared, that he brought me from uh, Maine. Little known fact, they got the best hot dog buns, the state of Maine. Uh, snuck him down here as Caltric band So, shout out to intern Jared.
0: It's your intern again. I can never keep track of it.
1: I think he's our current. okay. Yeah, he's our lifelong intern. Yeah, that's fair. He's been the best with even if
0: we fire him, he's still yeah. he's still hired at the end of the day. He's got some good hot takes every now and then. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, that's it for the Braves. Should we do our, you know,
0: begrudging United talk? I think we can keep it to less than two minutes. Full transparency. I did not watch a second of the game last night, so this is all you know.
1: Got it. Yeah, I only watched the first half. They looked just as shitty as they've looked uh, the other three, the other two games. They've now gone 300, like 60 straight minutes without scoring. They were
0: shut goal. out again, right? One nothing. Yeah,
1: back to back to back shutouts. The first time as a franchise they've ever lost three games in a row. Um, so after losing to. Uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati yeah. which was the, one of the worst teams in the league. They also lose to Columbus, one of the best teams in the league right now. Uh, they showed a little fight the second half, but it doesn't matter at that point. They uh, get shut out again, shell themselves without Joseph Martinez. They have the Mike fulton which of uh, so, soccer players so, and
0: so, yeah. Martinez. So wh- why would you say that pity is, is the faulty of Oh, because he's Cincinnati. got
1: so much potential. Like, he'll... he'll He'll show like he'll but what, what does he to, do on the field? He'll have stretches of brilliance and then just disappear and it's just the shitty body language.
0: Oh, so he's a head case too? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Disappearing yeah. when you need him.
0: Yeah, it's just like I don't know. That's
1: my ill informed soccer diagnosis. That's I
0: think that's pretty that's pretty goddamn accurate, son. Thanks, man. Um it is interesting, I mean I remember watching the the, the Cincinnati game and just being Obviously we know nothing about soccer Not that we know a lot about baseball But we've played baseball We've watched thousands of baseball games We can at least talk about it Enough that someone would care to listen to us Soccer, all bets are off
1: We're probably still in like the top 50 percentile (laughs) Of soccer knowledge In the U.S. at least We know like seven soccer players
0: That's true and we know, I guess it depends on we, what you're... We
1: know a soccer game is called a soccer match. I
0: guess it depends on your, your Ford, definition of soccer striker, knowledge. Strikers w- will go over my pay grade. Wings. Don't know that either. Spacing. Never heard of it. 4-4-3. <laughs> <laughs> four, four, I still don't understand offsides. <laughs> so uh, I think maybe you're there. I I know nothing. Okay, I'm top 50%. you are top 50%. i I'm you're, like i am like, like in the 10, the 10%. So. Or the other 90 percent, I should say. You're in remedial soccer. Beyond remedial. Yeah. To Call me remedial. Is is, is being kind to of remedial folks everywhere.
1: Intro to soccer.
0: Um. But what I was trying to say was is that it's amazing to me, watching the Mount Joseph Martinez. How it just feels like the life has been ripped out of this team. There's none of the exciting Atlanta United that we're used to have. This is like, this is like when Frank DeBoer started, but only but multiplied in terms of how bad it is watching this team. There is just nothing going on, at least in the second half of last year, or even maybe a little earlier. But after that initial uh, period of struggle with DeBoer and trying to you know, feel at each other from DeBoer's standpoint and from the player's standpoint, it felt like they started to gel. Yeah. Now there's no gelling going on. It is, it is dry down there. Well, you also there's gotta, no moisture. You
1: also gotta wonder how much this uh, club uh, needed that home field advantage.
0: They they, did thri- they they're, thrive they're off that. They're a different
1: team at the Benz with their supporters.
0: Yeah, they, they are always a better home team I than a red team. They've done all
1: those, what, those Copa, what was that thing they tried to call a championship where they won, like, three games, and they're calling it. Like,
0: oh, no, sure. Con- CONCACAF. CONCACAF.
1: <laughs> but, like, anytime they'd go down to Mexico, they would suck. Right. Like, they need the Benz, and they're rowdy supporters and they don't have the the people on the screens zooming have you seen that At, at these Orlando matches they have like uh on like the big screen which isn't that big of a screen in the first place they've got like the fans from both clubs uh zooming in and cheering so you just see like the people's like faces wearing their Atlanta United scarves that's not enough support for <laughs> looks disgusted. I mean that's
0: just so stupid.
1: <laughs>
0: so I mean it would just make me more depressed as a player. Maybe they need to stop that and they will win some fucking games or yeah. matches if uh Well that I just it's just a dumb idea.
1: They they don't have to worry about it anymore. They are not in Orlando, they are outside of the bubble now.
0: Oh good. Um, so
1: I don't know when they'll play again. It's gonna be a while probably.
0: Man. So So they're out of the tournament. Yep. Okay, officially.
1: Yep, they are eliminated.
0: Well, I mean, that I mean that was like not true to Atlanta though. To me, it's like, even though they lost the last two games, one nothing, it never felt it felt like they were down four or five nothing the whole time. Not the I didn't see the last one, but the Cincinnati one was just pathetic. So, I mean, they got no uh, no gusto. No, they got no mojo right now. So maybe this is the best thing that can happen to them. I believe there's still a decent amount of season left to be played. So hopefully, they can get their shit together. And there's enough talent on this team, I think, that uh, you still got Guzan, who's a great goaltender, uh, Barco, and some other... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I know all the fucking players, but I think there's still, there's still enough on this team I've seen from years past that they can hopefully get their shit together. And they've gone through periods like this with DeBoer. I don't think it's the end of the world, and it's time to like freak out about it if you're really hardcore in New England United. But it certainly isn't a uh, welcome return so far. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, But man. it's also not the end of the fucking world, I don't think. No. Not but, either. you know, if there, you, you if, were, if you go through another, like, three or four game stretch where it's like this, I think you sound the panic alarm. You would have liked to see them
1: advance. I had a feeling that since that he gave the 9 a.m. start, like, that's just weird. That's it's
0: got to throw you off. That, I agree it's, it's
1: hot in Orlando, I and mean, maybe Orlando was the best place to do it. But, yeah. They were open for business, Bo, so I guess that's where you take it.
0: Right. I think the Falcons released their offensive all-decade team.
1: Oh, yeah?
0: Can you look it up, and I can guess it again like last week?
1: Yeah, let's go through that. So last week we did the Graham guesses the all-decade defensive team, and I think you pretty much – you might have
0: missed one. I did pretty well. I didn't get Alford. I think that was the one I missed. Yeah, which,
1: I mean, who would have ever thought he's a great Falcon? So now we got the offense, which I think will be a little more intriguing. Possibly easier. We'll see. Uh, Graham, the all-decade team quarterback. This is from
0: 2010 to 2020. This is tough. I mean, you got a guy like Matt Schaub, and uh, you got a guy like Spleen. (laughs) But I think you got to go with Matt Ryan. No, uh, Kurt Bankert? Or whatever his name is? Well, I mean, I know everyone said he was the best quarterback ever before he broke his toe last year, but, you know, was he didn't even play in a regular season was game. D- was
1: DJ Shockley That's way back. I'm... That
0: was that was the last decade. Yeah. I mean, the last, like, not this decade, but the, the last. That's like 2009 or something. Okay, years. so who did, who did you say, Graham? I said Matt Ryan. Yes, that's correct. Okay, great. Uh, running back. Gotta be I don't think there's any question about that. Oh, you are wrong, sir. If it's Michael Turner, I'm gonna jump out of the window. It's Michael Turner. I think that's ridiculous. 2010 and 2012. I mean, it's 2012, he was a shell of himself. 2011, he was still okay. 2010, he was still good.
1: Finished third in rushing yards in both 2010 and 2011 seasons.
0: Yeah, he was still really good those years. But I think Devontae was, like, as good, if not better, and a better receiving back than Turner was. When, for how many years, though? For, like, four four or five years. Eh, Four-ish there. years.
1: During, a, during Turner's three seasons with the Falcons this decade, Turner game to combine thirty five hundred yards, rushing yards, and scored thirty three touchdowns,
0: rushing touchdowns. He did score a lot of touchdowns. I would still put Devontae over Turner this decade. From what you know, obviously the last couple years were a bust, but before that, I mean everything before he signed his contract. I mean he kicked ass. He was a big reason we got to the Super Bowl, um, one of the playoffs. Now can you keep him on because he's the reason
1: we lost the Super Bowl?
0: It wasn't just him. By there's running a running
1: his mouth about his contract the week of the Super Bowl. There's and a then missing a block. There's
0: a number of uh, we don't need to get into number it. of folks you can point to for that loss.
1: Devontae's on my shit list.
0: Fair enough, but I would have put Devontae over uh, Michael Turner. Fullback. Oh, the white guy. Um, <laughs> I should know. It's very specific for a fullback. God damn it! What's his name? He was also on um, the Super Bowl team. When you say his name, I'm going to punch myself in the face. Yep. Uh, I can give you a clue. I know his name. I just can't think of it right now. It's so hot out here in the outside world. God damn it. Oh, oh, I, I see him in my head. Like, I, I, if he walked down the street, I'd be like, you're the guy. You're the Falcons <laughs> fullback from the Super Bowl team. Uh, he's on the Bills now. Yep,
1: that was going to be my clue. So and I just can't, can't
0: think that. of his fucking name.
1: Uh, there's a golfer from the early two thousands that has the same surname. last name. He was a lefty and went toe to toe with uh, either Tiger or Phil, and he ultimately won.
0: Oh, Patrick DeMarco. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you remember Chris DeMarco? The no,
0: that didn't help me at all. Oh, I yeah. think I just—I think I was just thinking about it Got more. It. Yeah, Patrick DeMarco is okay. going to be your fullback pick.
1: Yeah, Chris DeMarco is a lefty golfer from the
0: early 2000s.
1: Went to University of Florida. It just gave
0: me more time to think about it. Got And for some reason I was like, oh, Patrick DeMarco.
1: Glad we got that out there. I oh, knew
0: wow. it was some weird thing like a Mick or a D or something like DeMarco, Mick Elroy, some, some bullshit like that. Oh,
1: was Obi Muhele the stacker? I
0: think for one Probably year. early. I think for one year. Yeah. But he was a great fullback for sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right. Two wide receivers. This should be pretty easy.
0: Uh, Roddy and Julio. Yep. Very good.
1: Moving on. Uh, Tight end?
0: This has got to be Tony. Tony? Yeah. 2010 to 2013. Yeah. And he started in 2009. He kicked ass the whole time he was here, pretty much. Yeah. Pro Bowler in each of his four seasons with the Falcons. Yeah.
1: 29 touchdowns. Yeah, he's a monster. Uh, center? Uh, got to be Mack. Yep.
0: All right, this is where it gets weird. Yeah, with the Elephant Tournament. Two guards. Um, definitely Chris Trouster. I'm just kidding. Um, God, I don't even, I don't know. they you know, had great guard play. So please tell me. Andy LeRigre. He was solid. And Justin Blaylock.
1: Oh, Blaylock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was solid, man. Yeah, Blaylock was, I think, above
0: average. He was, he was very good. Ta- two tackles. Jake Matthews. Yep. Oh, who was the other guy that was okay, person? No. Uh, I don't know. 2010 or 2012. Oh, that early. Um, it's not your boy Peter Cunn.
1: No.
0: <laughs> it all the sh- all, you can only remember the shooting people. I really, yeah, that's a 2010, 2012. Tyson Claybo. Oh, Claybo. I forget that he was there. Like him and Blaylock and Doll. We're fucking nasty-ass blockers, man. You know? That's when we had a, a physically brutal offensive line.
1: Yeah, they were dirty back then. Yeah. That's what we need. Okay, this flex will make you feel better about yourself. Flex position. It's not Devontae. It's Devontae. It is Devontae, okay. Yeah. And they also said he was named the flex player for the Falcons' this decade after Turner barely etched him out in a tight-voting battle.
0: Oh, is this based off of votes? Yeah. Okay.
1: How else do you think they'd come up I with
0: thought this? it was just some silly-ass committee sitting around thinking about, it.
1: Oh, I'm the best Republicans all decade, too. Yeah, it's a committee of journalists.
0: Well, I, I thought you said vote. I thought it was a fan vote. I don't think so. So I was right. It was, it was just a, a bunch of journalists sitting around. Yeah, it's, okay. it's nonsense. Yeah. I mean, that's, pro- that's probably... There's not... There's not a... There's not much I would just. Dis- I don't think i disagree with any of those picks, actually. Yeah. All right, I think that wraps up today's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we hope you're doing well out there. Uh, we'll see you again next week after baseball starts. Baseball starts on Friday at 4 o'clock with the Braves taking on the Mets in New York.
1: Soroka DeGrom, it's official.
0: Soroka versus DeGrom. Should be a hell of a pitching matchup, hell of a game. Good way to take your mind off all the bullshit that's happening in the world. Until next time, rise up, stand, brotherhood, unite and conquer. Believe in blue land and remain true to Atlanta. says sir.